0: God, we thank you uh, for a church who recognizes in the middle of a service that we need to pause. And uh, so, so God, we we thank you uh, for the the EMS, we thank you for the workers, and uh, we thank you for all of them getting here in a good, quick time. And God, we pray that as Richard uh, is going through his heart stuff, Father, we pray that uh, you would touch him right now and calm whatever it is that seems to be going on, God, and and calm the family and everyone involved. And God, we pray that you would have your hand on them. And God, we just pray that uh, we'd get a good report here in a little while that maybe uh, things were okay and that things would um, be o- all right. God, maybe it's just a little a little stress or something. God, we pray that it's nothing serious. But if it is something, God, I pray, uh, if it's something more serious, God, I pray that we would uh, unite around this family uh, which is what we're preaching on this morning, God. How coincidental this morning, God, that our sermon is actually on that. And so, uh, God, just be with us as we go through our service. Help us to clear our minds of distractions, and uh, but help us to also keep in mind uh, this family. God, we love you, we thank you for Jesus, and we ask all these things in his name. Amen. Thank you all for your patience. That's a different thing. Not used to dealing with that, um, but I think he's going to be... Last I heard uh, somebody fill me in, I, I think he's all right. He just had a little bit of heart... Pain. I was looking for Marvin. I don't see him. Uh, who, who's got the latest? I know everybody's wanting to know. That's why I figured it might be appropriate to say it. Nobody knows. Okay. Well, once they get back in here in a minute, maybe they can they could share after the service. But uh, y'all just pray for him and pray for them. And uh, and uh, there's Donnie, right there. Donnie, is he is he okay? All right, he's all right. Okay, he's good. He's good. All right. So uh, y'all y'all just uh, y'all just keep them in a remain in a spirit of prayer for the next. Uh, Few minutes, and we'll we'll continue uh, to remember them. And I think, hey, I just want to thank all you men for ste- and women for stepping back there and uh, and uh, attending to him, and uh, thank Hannah for going back there and trying to keep Rich, little Richard calm. And, and uh, hey, that's just that's just something you you can't be taught. You just have to go with the flow. Amen. So uh, so thank thank y'all for that. Um, would it is it okay if we go ahead and preach? Is that all right? Y'all think? Okay, all right, we'll go ahead and preach, and uh, we'll, we'll keep it short so, uh, so they can we can do anything we need to do. All right, so uh, Ephesians chapter number 2 is where we're going to be. Uh, Ephesians chapter number 2. And uh, I will tell you, I, I've had a situation happen like this before. I just It just kind of came to my mind. Hannah, you may remember, I was preaching at my home church one Sunday morning, uh, filling in for my pastor who was away in revival, and we actually had a wreck in the parking lot. Um, uh, and I, my, I, it's in the forefront of my mind this morning I remember the church was over I'd preached and, and I think I was standing at the back of the door greeting folks and uh, Abney the way it's laid out there's a back hall that runs all the way across there's a door on this end, there's a door on this end there's a parking lot on each side and, and so I'm standing in the middle of that hall and I, I just start seeing people frantic I mean running and I'm looking out there and uh, Abney's on Highway 341, a very busy road and, and so I'm looking and 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 what I saw was a woman laying on the ground. And so I walked out of the church and and there were literally people laying on the ground. And I'm like, whoa, this is something I've never been through. And I remember thinking, kind of just like I was doing a minute ago, what do we do? Uh, What am I supposed to do right now? I wasn't even a pastor then. I was just filling in and and just a preacher. I, I hadn't even been ordained or licensed or anything. And and uh, basically what had happened is someone had run the stop sign and spun through our parking lot and actually ran over a lady. Uh, she's fine. She's, she, no one was hurt. Everything's good. Um, but I remember in the sense of that frantic, you know, it's like a movie scene. I remember kind of everything just going quiet, you know, and just kind of being stuck. And I'm just kind of like, what do we do? And again, this morning I was kind of like, what do we do? But i tell you one thing that we can do. And I am not kidding you. I mean, I've got my notes. This is exactly what I was preaching on this morning. The one thing that we can do and the one thing that we must do is become unified. In that moment, we must become unified. Um, And this morning, my my sermon title is uh, uh, Unity. Unity in Christ. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, open to Ephesians 2. We're going to be reading verses number 19 through 22. And if you're able and willing, would you stand as we read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 through 22. It says this Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. In whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God, the Spirit. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. And as we read those verses, uh, I get—I'm one of these people. I'm just gonna—you know, y'all know this already. I don't have to tell you all this, but I'm one of these people who who sometimes will rant. Anybody here rant? No? Okay. I, I'm one of these people who rants. I'm the only ranter in the house this morning. Myra kind of halfway nodded, so I think she rants too. But, I, but I'm going to tell you today that one of the things that will set me off quicker than anything is when people talk about going to church. You're like, what? Because we, we can't go to church. Okay, we can go to a building. We can, and we do call it a church, and it's okay. It's all right. Okay, I, I, when I say I rent, I, what I, what I mean is, is that uh, what's that little stand? The, the the you do with your fingers, the hand and the steeple in the church of the people. How's it how's it go, Hannah? You know that Hannah does. This is the church. This is the. St- I open the doors and see all the people or something like that. Addie does that. And I don't know. I can't. I can't do things. I'm not coordinated enough like that. But the thing about it is. As you look around this morning, this is the church, the people, the people, the people. And even as we read verse 22, as we read the the closing of this chapter, we see that it says, "...in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit." Now... People saying going to church, that doesn't aggravate me because that much because even last night, you know, I, I said, hey, join us for church tomorrow. So we all call it church. But I tell you what will really get me. And don't, y'all are never going to say this around me again after I tell you what this is. I mean, I'm kind of halfway joking. But what, another thing that really gets me is when people talk about this being God's house. Now, this is a place of worship, it kind of looks like a house. And we hope that God is in it at some point. So we can call it God's house. Literally, two plus two is always four. So you can say that. But where does God live? In us. So when we talk about God's house, and when we talk about the church, and we talk about the church being unified in Christ, we really ought to understand that we, us, you, me are being built together for a dwelling place of God. That that is what we're being built for. That is what is 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 going on here. And, and so I really want to tell you this morning. I just want to take a few minutes and, and I'm gonna be honest with you, I am not on my A-game today because I'm a little rattled and a little my mind's not hundred percent here, my mind's where they are, and, and y'all just bear with me. But I think this morning, as we as we preach, we need to understand that the fellowship, the church, should be. Unified. First thing I want you to see as we look at these verses, is verse 19, is that we have been unified in Christ as one nation. If you look at the first part of verse 19, he says, Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. Paul's t- talking to people who aren't Jews. He's talking to people that, that aren't uh inside God's chosen people. And so when Paul speaks this way, when Paul talks this way, when Paul says these things, you've got to understand he's talking to Gentiles. He's talking to everybody. He's looking at all the people and he looks at at these Gentiles. He, He looks at them and he says, you were once strangers. And I love what he says. He says, foreigners. Right? He says, you had no citizenship. I want to tell you that all of us at some point in our life and maybe still today have been what we would call a foreigner to the family of God and a a stranger to the family of God. We, we We have been in this place, we have been in this situation where we weren't children of God. Here's another thing that will flip my lid is when we talk about we're all God's children. We are not all God's children. Never ever say that. No, Jesus said, Jesus told some of those, those people, He said, you are like your, fa- of your father, the devil. He, he says that some of you belong to the devil, some of you belong to God. We're not all God's children, church. These people that He's addressing in verses 19, 20, and 21, He says that now you are a part of the family. What did that? How, how do we become children of God? You say, Jeremy, are you saying God doesn't create everybody? No, I'm not. God does create everybody. But we're not all His children. My grandmother, grew. I grew up, her telling me that. I remember thinking that. The whole world, we're all His. Well, why did Jesus come and die for us if we're all His already? Ask yourself that question. If we were already His children, why did He have to die to bring us into His family? Why did Jesus have to come and save us if we were already in His family? Why did the Father and Luke... When he came back home, when the, when the prodigal son came back home, why did he have to put the ring on his hand and put a robe back on him and forgive him? Why? Because he was in the family, but he left. And then the father adopted him back into the family. You see, we all had this life where we, we live this life and we travel down these roads and we go down these paths and, and sometimes we leave and, and sometimes when we come back home, it's like we're restored. And that's what Paul's talking about. Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. We are unified in Christ as one nation. This nation, unlike God's chosen nation, the Jews, this nation is the church. This is the new nation. There's no race barriers in the church. That that doesn't matter anymore. Jesus threw all of that away. There is no longer Jew or Gentile or this or that. There's only saved and lost. That's what God sees. We know that as God looks down His periscope or His telescope or whatever He looks at, and He sees us and He's around us and He's in us and He's all over us and He's in our presence and when He sees us, He sees those that belong to Him and those that don't. Paul tells them, he says, listen, he says, you are now citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God, This new nation has no race barrier, no nation or national barrier. Christ unifies all believers regardless of who they are. Jew, Gentile, black, white, tall, short, fat, skinny, ugly, pretty. Christ died to make peace of the hatred. God broke all these things away and God made a family of God or not. That's the two options we have. No longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. I find in preaching, I find in ministry and being a pastor and all those things, I find one of the biggest struggles that I deal with, and I know there's other preachers and ministers, is sometimes people just come to a pastor or come to a believer or come to a Christian and they say things like this. They say, I'm, just, I'm too far from the church. I've done, I've done things that I can't be a part of your church. I've done things that God could just never forgive me. And then they always, uh, uh, Jackie and I have talked about this before, they always come to you with this. They say, you know, I'm going to get my life straight and I'll be back to church. Or I'm going to fix my life and I'll be back to church. And I I just want to grab them or or shake them or or, or hit them or, or just tell them, listen, you will never, ever be perfect. You'll never get it right. Listen, you must be either part of God's family or not. How do we become a part of His family? If you jump up to verses 11 and 12 and and you read verses 13 and 14 and, and you read these verses, he says in verse 11, he says, Remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, he says you were called uncircumcision by what is called circumcision. That's Jew, Gentile. He said made in the flesh by hands. Verse 12, he says at the time you were without Christ. You were aliens. Verse 12, he says you were aliens. You hear that? Gentiles, you were aliens. That's in the Bible. From the commonwealth of Israel. And strangers from the covenant. Listen to this. They had no covenants. No promise. No hope. And we're without God in the world. That just doesn't sound like we're all God's children to me. Then in verse 13. But now. Verse 13. But now in Christ Jesus you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. He Himself is our peace who has made both One and has broken down the middle wall of separation. He says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, hatred, the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting death. To the enmity. Verse 17 is probably my favorite verse, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. He says, "He came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him we both have access by one spirit to the Father. We are unified in one nation if we trust Christ. Listen. They're oh, they're no longer you know there's no longer this big scattered pile where, where we just kind of cut in eight sections and we're 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 jumping across the, the lines to, to to join together. No, Jesus looks uh, at the church. He he looks at the church at Ephesus. He speaks through Paul and he tells them, listen, belong to Jesus. He says because you who once were afar off, you've now been unified by Christ. We look at our church, and and we got a little slimmer crowd this morning, but that's all right. Jesus is still here because we're here. And I'm going to tell you this morning, as we look around our church, as we look around our church, we we see people from all backgrounds. Some of y'all grew up rough as a cob. You know who you are. Some of you, it took a lot more Jesus than it did some of us, Right? Some of you still, me included, need a lot of Jesus. You need a big dose. Some of you come from a different family. Lord, if you look at my family, and I don't think any of my family is here this morning, so I can just lay it on them. Other than Hannah, I'm talking about my, my, my family, my parent family. There is not a family in the world more dysfunctional than my family. I promise you, our family histories, where we grew up, all these things are so different. But Paul says, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens of the, with the saints and the household members of the household of God. Then, the second thing I want you to see, we are not only unified in Christ as one nation, saved or lost. That's it. We're either saved or we're lost. He said, we're unified in Christ as one family. Look at the end of that verse, verse 19. Members of the household of God. Jesus unifies us by bringing us into the family of God. God the Father becomes our Father. Now that'll preach right there. Some of you don't have a father around anymore. Maybe you did, but he's gone. Maybe he died. Maybe he got old, or maybe he had an illness, or maybe he had a sickness, or, or maybe you don't have him around anymore, and, and you know who you are, and my heart breaks for you because I, I'm blessed. I still have my father here, even though this year has been a weird year. I still have him. He came to my house last night. He, he gave my children presents. He gave Hannah and I a present. Then uh, after he did that, I was moving firewood in the yard, you know, important stuff. So I said, Daddy, i got a few things I want to do outside before it gets dark. And come on out there and we'll talk after you get done visiting with the kids. So I'm out there and, and I'm sorting my wood, you know, important stuff. Sorting my wood by lengths and age. Just kind of stacking some stuff. And Daddy comes out there. And he props up on the wood pile and we talk. And then he says, you know, I'm working on this thing, Jeremy. I'm trying to make it better. I looked at him. I said, well, it's all up to you, Daddy. You work on it. We're here. He said, I love you, son. I said, I love you too, Daddy. And he left. And he, as he left, I walked in the house. and I kicked off my shoes. And I looked there at my, my liver, uh, excuse me my dining room table. And my wife and my three kids are sitting there at the table. And they say, Daddy, Daddy. And I, in a moment there, in a second, in a split second, I found myself blessed not only to still have my father, but for my kids to have their father. And I want to tell you today that if we have been unified in Christ, if we've been brought near by the blood of Jesus, then God is your father. God is your father. Believers have brothers and sisters in one family. Some of you have lost brothers and sisters. Some of you grew up an only child. Bless your heart. You know that's tough, but I want you to know that if we belong to the family of God, not only do we have God the Father, but we have brothers and sisters. We have we have church. We have other people who who belong to the same Father. If you've seen that movie, is it is it uh, Courageous or or God's Not Dead or one of those movies? And and I can't remember. I, I think it's uh, I think it's God's Not Dead, and and there's the missionary. He's from out of t- out of the country, and he and he looks at the preacher and he says, "Hey, you know," he says, "We have the same." Father, we may have a different mother, but now we have the same father. He's talking about God. He says, And now you're my brother because we have the same father, one family, God's family. No matter your physical difference, your racial difference, your national difference, we are one family unified as God's children. Verse 15, if you jump back up to verse 15, it says, Having abolished in his flesh, the enmity, that is the law, the commandments contained in the ordinances, so as to create himself one man from the two, making peace. If you read the first part of that verse, that word enmity means hatred. There was hatred. Jesus abolished the hatred. And then at the end of that verse, it says he made one new man from the two, thus making peace. If you've got a family like my family, there needs to be peace made. Amen? There's hatred in families. And uh, the other day, we were, it was a weird situation. We were talking about some family. Family was talking about family that nev- never came to the get togethers anymore. And we were like, what's wrong with them? They never come anymore and hadn't seen them in years. Where are they? And wouldn't you know, they walked in. <laughs> and I remember sitting there thinking, well, you know, I'm glad they came, aren't you? You know, what I mean. <laughs> Jeff Foxworthy, the comedian, he, had a, he used to have a radio, radio show, he may still have it, called the Foxworthy Countdown. And every, come on, Saturday morning, and every Saturday morning when he closed that countdown show, he says, don't worry, everybody's family is crazy. That's what he closed it with. Listen, families are nuts. Mainly because nuts like you are in that family. And listen, not only have we been unified as one nation, Christ we've been unified as one family amen it's a beautiful thing beautiful thing last thing and and I'm going to close y'all bear with me I'm trying my best this morning not only are we unified in Christ as one nation not only are we unified in Christ as one family but we are unified in Christ as one temple read verses 20 all the way through 22 he says having been built On the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ Himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place in God the Spirit Paul looks at them and says, you are the body, you are the temple, you are the building, you are the church, you are what I am building together, you are what Jesus is building together, you are what God wants to see built together. That's what Paul says. Not brick, not mortar, not, not, mortar, not sticks and stones and shingles and windows, not carpet, not any of those things. Paul says that you, the people, are the building, the temple. See, so many times, and maybe you say this, and you're wrong in one sense, you might say, the church isn't the building. Well, actually, sort of it is. Because Paul says, it's a building, but it's you. You are. You said, Jeremy, that's not what he meant. Well, tell me what he meant in verse 20, having been built. What's been built? The citizens in verse 19. You have been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Not only are you the building, but the the prophets who came before you and the apostles who came before you, you're built on top of other people. I heard a pastor say one time, I've never forgot it, I'll never forget it. He said, we stand on the shoulders of those who came before us. Why do you think he said that? Because of verse 20, we're being built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. And I love this. Who's at the bottom? Who's at the bottom in verse 20? Jesus Christ Himself being the cornerstone. Not only are we a building, but we're built on Jesus. Church, I'm going to tell you something. We're a building. The church is a building. The only problem is this building is what we see when we look in the mirror. We are the building, in verse 21, in whom the whole Building, being fitted together, grows. In a few weeks, God willing, we're going to baptize a, a, a young lady named Liz who came a few Sunday nights ago wanting to join this church. Or was it Sunday morning? I can't remember. I think it was a Sunday night. Was it a Sunday night? Was it, well, it was. That's what I thought. I was just making sure you knew. But, but here's the deal. She came and she says, I want to be baptized. I want to join the church. Later today, we're going to talk and, and I want to tell you, Listen. The building grew. The building grew. The church grew. The temple grew. One. Being fitted together. Listen to this. Grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22 and I'm going to close. In whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. God died for the church. He sent out His disciples. He sent out the apostles to preach the Word. He is building His church. He saves us for His glory. He sanctifies us for His glory. He is building the church for Himself. However, it must be unified together, growing and building on each other. Can I tell you something? I'm closing, I promise. Can I tell you something? You ever seen two houses halfway built? Just jump together? You ever seen that? Or have you, ever, have you ever seen like a construction site where they built, they dug a foundation out over here, and then over here they didn't have a foundation. It was just like the top half of the house. And then all of a sudden, you know, like they just came together mirac- miraculously and it was perfect. Have you ever seen those things? Me neither. I want to tell you, it starts with Jesus. Church, it starts with Jesus. And we better. Listen, we better be building on Jesus. There's one church. One. One church. There's there's one foundation. There's one church. There's one family. There's one nation. There's one temple and we better be building on the one temple. We better be building on the one Savior. We better be building with the one family. We're one church, one nation, one family, one temple. And it says in verse 22 when I close, it says we are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Church, you are being built for Jesus. You're being built on Jesus, by Jesus, for Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's not about us. I tell you, I wish it was about us sometimes. I do. I'm just being honest with you, but it's not. Sometimes I wish it was about what I wanted, but it's not. Sometimes I wish I could build it, because I'm going to tell you something. I can psychologically manipulate anybody to doing anything I want to do, and so can you. But it's not about me, and I can't build it. Today I want to tell you that our church, this fellowship, I want to ask the question, are we unified in Christ as one nation? Are we unified in Christ as one family? And are we unified in Christ building together one temple? Are you today? Are you a part of this nation? Are you a part of this family? Are you a part of this temple? Because if you're not, if you're not, you're not with Jesus, you're against Him. You said, Whoa, now. Now, listen, if you're not with what's going on here, built on Jesus, then you're not with us, you're against us. You said, Well, Jeremy, how do we fix that? Become part of the family of God. How do you do that? Follow Jesus. You said, But, Jeremy, I hate people. What did the Bible say? It said, Jesus abolished the hate, He broke down. The wall of separation. And he made peace. I, I debated all week on what to preach this morning. I, I had another message I was thinking about preaching and I changed my mind. I said, this is what we need to preach. But you know what the other message was on? Peace. You know what this message is on at his heart? Peace. We need peace. Are you mad with somebody? I tell you the truth. I don't i won't lie to you. Me and my wife were mad as cats and dogs on the way to church this morning. I mean, you know, hey, we get mad. I'm mad at my family sometimes. I get mad at church members sometimes. None of y'all. Because I haven't been here long enough to be mad at anybody yet. And y'all get mad at your pastor. But Jesus can fix all those things. I want us to go forward in 2016 with the mentality, one nation, one family, and one temple. Let's forget about the things that happened before. Let's forget about things in the past. Let's forget about the hatred. Let's forget about the conflict. Let's forget about the problems. And let's become one. One church. Would you stand up? Uh, Myra's going to come. And Gail's going to lead us. I'll be here this morning. We've got a lot on our hearts this morning. Uh, another member is on the way to the hospital. Probably there by now. A little boy and a wife are concerned. I know we're thinking about those things. I know this morning we've got family that we're ill at, and we've got unity and brokenness in our church.